Welcome to Be Simply. This is She, and I want to thank you for joining us in this moment. Today we are connecting to the dream and what's possible when we connect to dreaming attention not only in the sleep state but in the waking state. As I've mentioned in other casts, when we uh, start to just allow ourselves to move in and out of that illusory practice, seeing everything in that dreamlike state, what happens is we start to feel into the wavelengths of what's around us. We can feel if there's an alignment, if there's not, if we've been there before or we've seen that we were going to be there in the future. And that can help us move from here to there with greater ease and grace no matter what's placed in front of you. So today as we are connecting to this dreaming, uh, we are going to be opening up these dreaming segments to callers uh, in the next few weeks. Right now I'm asking for people if they want to share their dreams, please send them to me at SuzanneToro at gmail.com. Today we're going to connect to a site that was developed for people to interact with their dreaming and there's been many times throughout the most immediate history that they've been able to start tracking dreams and notice that there have been trends in, in dreaming and subconscious psychic links that will forecast the future. What's beautiful about this is that we don't necessarily, if we're really present and grounded in who we are, don't need to know the future. Uh, it would be beautiful if we all had the tools to just walk beautifully through whatever's put in front of us. However, what this can do is that, say, there is something of a dangerous nature coming towards a person in their future and there's a way, a pathway for them to select another path or say that there's something dangerous coming for a large population and people start dreaming about it, then as the resonance starts to align and the dreaming consciousness alives in waking and sleeping state, there's an opportunity to shapeshift that reality. We're so conditioned on planet Earth, especially right now where we are on the Gregorian count of the year 2014 and we're conditioned to suffering and thinking that it must be so. The one thing that I like to highlight is that we don't have to suffer, that's a choice. We don't have to harm one another, that's a choice. And this morning I was kind of reflecting that really I've talked about before within the animal kingdom uh, there's bears aren't eating bears, that type of thing. But then I have this like, aha, I'm like, oh, fish eat fish. Of course, there's different species within the fish kingdom. However, there's uh, something that I was like, wow, the fish kingdom really is in that creation mode that is, holds the sacral energy, the ocean, being in that place, but being okay with that samsara, that cycle, and able to flow with it and understand the nature of it because they're in the water element. Uh, where us two-leggeds on planet Earth are not as comfortable with that flow of impermanence. However, when we become more in flow, uh, then we can really embrace every moment with joy and collectively start to move out of the self-grasping, the desire, the needs, placating sensual pleasures in the mindset that it's a treat or we deserve it and go to another level of pleasure on planet Earth. So right now we're going to finish out 
this song that we started with is more of these beautiful sweetest chants. I'll share how this chant uh, came to me in a most recent dreaming to 3D reality experience. And would love for you just to imagine laying on the earth, looking up at the stars, communing with the stars, and if you get a chance to in the next night or two, or whenever you're intersecting this broadcast, that you take the time to commune with the stars. They like to be noticed. They carry an imprint of what we are co-creating here on this this planet Earth and within this world system. Without further ado, let's lay back and relax and breathe together. back here from the stars back to 
this conversation about dreaming. So I wanted to start by sharing that chant and how really our experience, and that's why in indigenous cultures they don't even acknowledge the word death because uh, they just see everything as a continuous stream. And when we get attached to suffering, we pigeonhole ourselves into uh, certain aspects of reality and life that are not in our highest and best for self, but also for our collective way of being, of consciousness. There's a lot of entitlement, a lot of delusion, illusion here on planet Earth right now within our collective consciousness, but we're being afforded the opportunity to uh, do more and know more and put down those uh, one lens views and really start to approach everything from a 360. Also, we have science changing here on planet Earth. Awareness is changing, uh, things dropping out. If we can just put down what we thought we know, put down the stories and welcome in new wisdom, new knowledge and evolution, it will be for the betterment of all humanity. So with that being said, these Swedish chants uh, were given, I've mentioned, I think in another cast, by uh, someone that I've had the pleasure of working with. And uh, the chants are really special to me, and I know to her, uh, because their origin there in Sweden and how they're so close to the stars, uh, literally and metaphorically. So. The other night, I was uh, preparing to assist uh, for with a birth, and it was so beautiful because leading up to a birth, typically a uh, client will, um, will start doing this dance in the dream world. I'll start supporting the soul that's coming in, start supporting the parents and the things that are lifting off, things that are ready to be healed or let go before they embark on this new life. So as we get this opportunity to do this work in the dream world. That's the most beautiful part. There's a communication going on. So I'll have this awareness when they're in need. I have awareness when someone's in need across the globe. And right as they were uh, preparing to call these uh, or text to uh, ask me to come and prepare uh, the birthing process and be a part of the birthing process, the laboring process, I could hear the chants, the sweetest chants, and it was so loud. And then in came the interrupt uh, in the 3D reality as I came back into my body of the text saying, if you're ready to abort dreaming sleep, uh, we're ready for you. And this was at 3 o'clock in the morning. So it was so beautiful. And then to have this beautiful chant from the stars uh, communicating through the baby's needs and mama's needs to bring me back into the 3D reality. So this is just one example of how we're bridging the worlds all the time. Things that we're taking in in this 3D reality are a part of our dreaming reality. And then they also serve to communicate back and forth and help us be aware of what's going on. Uh, many instances, I just had another confirmation today of a dreaming that I was having about a family that's close by and something that was going to be unfolding for them. And uh, that all has come into fruition uh, right on course. What that does, you might say, well, what does that do with our dreaming if you know what's going to happen before? As I mentioned, it gives you the opportunity to make different choices or, in this case with this family, it allows me to 
digest what's going on and see how I can show up, how I can be of service. So when I mentioned the tribes, when they're in a tribal situation and they would stop everything if someone has a nightmare because they know the collective conscious is ill. Right now when we're fed with so many forms of media and uh, distortions, uh, addictions, all these things that affects our dreaming attention and our way to serve. I see more than not people that are stressed, disconnected from who they are. And when we were originally placed on this planet, we were communing not only with our mothership, you know, the ship that we're flying on through space within this world system, but also the stars. And this dance from day to night uh, created a much more symbiotic uh, way of living and being together. So how we migrate back there might be through a little bit of interface of technology and also it's going to take a little bit of interface with the elements, the actual physical world that we are perceiving together and dreaming together. And when we start to migrate there together, things will begin to shift as we take responsibility for what's going on in our own psyche. So what we're going to do right now is I'm going to share a dream that was sent to me and this one uh, is cataloged on Dreamcatcher. I'm going to go ahead and just leave a beautiful being that wrote this down anonymous. And Dreamcatcher, uh, these beautiful gathering of people, the founders uh, started up in uh, Sunshine Coast in Mount Elphinstone, beautiful place uh, to reside. I can speak for myself. And this dreaming and a very elf-like place really is the perfect place for this platform to be developed. And so there does take a little bit if you do participate in Dreamcatcher. I haven't logged any dreams lately on here just out of sheer not having time. But I know when I first started to interface with the system there was a little resistance inside because I felt like I was revealing part of my soul of what was going on in my psyche. But the beautiful thing is you can create your own little icon or avatar, you can share your dreams, you can start to read them, and as they're coming up, you might start to notice trends. Like I said, if we, if a bunch of people start dreaming that there's a natural disaster, then people could actually say, oh, wow, this is coming. And then we merge it with science, where there, the science is shifting, that we can see the space weather, the electric nature of the universe, and how it's impacting Earth. And we might say, wow, these people are dreaming this big thing's going to happen here in Mexico. Oh, and the science confirms it, too wow, maybe the entire city should think about preparing themselves. They may not be able to all evacuate, but they could prepare themselves. And bit by bit, who knows what happens when we start having that awareness. Uh, some of these things may start to dissolve, meaning the need for suffering might start to dissolve. So here we go. A journal entry 14 days ago. Uh, meteorite samples in underground space labs. Ooh, this is juicy. I was in some type of private laboratory which seemed to be owned by the SpaceX laboratory and was a storage facility for some underground experiments they have been conducting on the local moon. I was walking through some hallways at first and no one seemed to be around. There were many strange samples laying out on rolling stainless st steel tables of things like piles of gray dust and all kinds of fancy measuring gear and instruments. I went to look closer at some other neatly piled glittery materials that 
were made up of dime-sized round oval pieces that looked like they would really they were really would be really heavy but when i picked some of them up i could see they were as light as styrofoam and would all snap back into form as the electrostatically and or magnetically charged as if they were electrostatically or magnetically charged. It felt cool to the touch and slightly electrifying, even made a strange high-pitched sound when it was moved. I found out similar piles of this strange material, some golden color, some mixed with silver gold, and some had a, an, a rainbow iridescent texture like dragonfly wings with some pieces almost as light as air and some as heavy as coins. I came to the conclusion that they must be samples from different meteorites of some kind. It was hypnotic to interact with them. I kept walking and noticed different large pieces of rocket engines and spaceship pieces and unknown objects and breakers full of glowing goo within front, uh, within front of whiteboards of strange symbolic formulas. I heard some people coming down the hallway towards me, so I turned around a corner and went into a random room, which turned out to be a classroom of some kind of people in lab coats, many of which I knew. All talking and laughing, no one seemed to notice me come in, so I sat down at a desk beside a couple of friends, Iana and Liz, who had their own samples of various meta-materials they seemed to be doing experiments on and joking about how bizarre everything is in this place. Later on, most people left, and I was back out in the hall with Iana and someone else I knew. I forget who. And we were all sort of joking around and playing with various samples. Someone pointed out that there was a body under the sheets on the table down the hall, and they ran towards it and went and yanked the sheet off. But Iana insisted that they don't do, they don't, or she would freak out. Then she started laughing hysterically and fell backwards towards another table, and a huge piece of rocket thrust fell on the floor and made a huge metallic bang. And then a beaker full of green goo fell and smashed beside it, burning a hole through the floor within seconds. All of us were laughing at that point, while Iana sat down and started doing yoga. Strange. So I love this dream, and it's so metaphorical. So we'll take this as uh, an opportunity to really understand that we do dream in metaphors, where our interest lies, where our consciousness lies, and then there's these reveals. And as I was reading this, and I'll, I'll have to sit with it more and maybe bring it up in another cast, but... I, I was connecting to maybe the absurdity, which is also uh, probably very true, that we are creating these experiments on ourselves. Some people, if they've seen a Truman Show, feel that's kind of freaky, someone watching. But as we know in physics, even though our understanding of physics is changing, that we do need the observer to uh, create the scene, the set and the setting, to realize where we are so we can give description, just as he is beautifully uh, described his dream. So while uh, we may have a perception that we're having a reality on this beautiful, magical planet, imagine for a moment if really uh, this was being projected, this electromagnetic 
an electrostatic existence was being projected from matter that was in space and uh, then was being sent out to different world systems. You could have so much fun with these conversations and then we could bring it completely into density and think about uh, the contemplation of what all these symbols mean. And if you are curious about dreams and want to have a deeper insight about what's happening, similar as I would uh, take more time to study this and be with it in meditative state, please feel free to send those to me at suzannetoro at gmail.com. I'd be happy to give you a feedback loop or we can work one-on-one to uh, really bring some alignment and understanding to what's being communicated to you in your dreaming consciousness. So the dreaming, uh, as you see here, uh, there's elements there, there's textures, there's conversations, there's interactivity. And with that wisdom and knowledge, when we catalog that, even if we don't write it down, we have an opportunity to notice a few things, trends within our own uh, existence, our own flow through the universe. We also have the opportunity to wayfind, to understand what's up and coming. And when we see that thing arise that maybe we dreamed about, whether we saw it in a vision in waking state or saw it in a vision in sleep state, then we'll know, oh, wow, I'm here. And this is what was happening. This is what was being communicated. This is what I need to watch out for. This is what I need to go for and not hesitate, especially if we have anything inside of us that holds us back from our own brilliance. Uh, like these beautiful matter that are in this dream. And uh, I feel compelled to talk about the person under the sheet and the fear of death and seeing someone that you might know that might not uh, be there anymore and then feeling all this matter coming back into a resonance of maybe a human projection or a plant projection or a tree projection and our attachment and fear that if we saw it, it might freak us out but really, uh, it just might be part of the composting, the recycling, the moving into next. So if you are interested in Dreamcatcher, please check them out at dreamcatcher.net. You can, like I said, register, have an avatar, and uh, move into the next from there. So what I'd like to do is share one more aha uh, that I had in my dreaming world that goes 24-7 is that uh, as I mentioned we have a choice if we want to suffer doesn't mean that things might not cross our path that require our stillness meaning that we could dive into the suffering of them or we could show up and be still so uh, I've been going through a process of really uh, doing my work to move beyond duality I really have no interest in participating in suffering relationships, uh, contributing to suffering, meaning may my actions only benefit all beings and or anyone that I come in contact. So uh, what we're going to do is I was going to share Shakespeare's To Be or Not To Be. And before we do that, I'm going to have us take a respite for a moment, and you can just contemplate that to be or not to be. We'll do a lead-in as this is part of a Hamlet play uh, that's with a question of vengeance. And if you can decide in your mind's eyes, you listen to another little Swedish chant, if you're ready uh, to cause a little less suffering here on planet Earth in your dreaming attention in the waking state and the sleeping state. (laughs) 
taking a deep breath in and out and contemplating are you ready to contribute a little less to the suffering game and we can do so in our dreams or imagination and that takes a practice it takes awareness of self of our words our thoughts and our actions as I've mentioned on the loving self segments that our mind is our most dangerous weapon here on planet Earth. When we move uh, from a clear mind, a clear heart, our actions, our speech are in alignment. They're in alignment with the stars. They're in alignment within our dreaming and our full potentiality. So uh, as I move through my own refinement, my work in progress, I have realized that I love, uh, I'm a hopeless romantic, really. I'm a poet. I love romance. And I think that being in relation with someone is a really beautiful expression of two people coming together and sharing their love. However, it can be a little problematic if we get attached to suffering through love. And in the movie industry, in the television industry, and in some of the greatest literature, it's all about suffering. So yesterday, uh, having the opportunity to be with a beautiful being, uh, as we both did some of our inner work together yesterday, uh, I really stepped forward and decided, wow, I, I'm, all the karma that I'm working through in this lifetime has to do with that that deep, passionate, romantic person that has held on to suffering as a form of true love. And so one of my uh, favorite writers is Shakespeare. And time to time I'll quote uh, different aspects of his plays or sonnets and I've decided just to lay that down except one piece because I feel this was one of his most profound articulations and such a a high resonance of consciousness uh, written in Hamlet. And I guess maybe I could comb his stuff for more of this type of resonance. But many are familiar with the phrase to be or not to be. That is the question. And when I was asked to uh, memorize these passages, I think I was 11 uh, when I first started having opportunity to connect with Shakespeare in this lifetime and memorize some of his work. Um, This, you know, you learn about something and it hits you in one way and then when you meet it again you can reconnect with it on a deeper level even with our own relationships with one another. So this passage is from uh, the speech and this is from Prince Hamlet as he contemplates death and suicide and he is talking about the unfairness, the pains and that life is causing the suffering but knowledge is that alternative might still be worse and so here as he's contemplating this um, there's hesitation from Hamlet to directly and immediately avenge his father's murder that was discovered earlier on um, by his uncle. So during this time, uh, he's contemplating, 
existence, his reality, like what's the purpose of this, right? And I think we all can ask ourselves a question. So I'm going to read this and take some time uh, to revisit it, look it up on the internet, sit with the words if you're inspired, and take it into your dreaming attention and your reality. To be or not to be, that is the question. Whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, or to take arms against a sea of troubles, and by opposing end them, to die, to sleep, no more, and by asleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to. Tis a consummation devoutly to be wished to die, to sleep, to sleep perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death what dreams may come when we have shuffled off this mortal coil must give us pause. There's the respect that makes calamity of so long life. For who would bear the whips and scorns of time, the oppressor's wrong, the proud man's continually, the pangs of despised love and the law's delay, the insolence of office and the spurns that patient merit of the unworthy takes when he himself might his quietus make with a bare boken who would these fartle bear to grunt and sweat under a weary life but the dream of something after death the undiscovered country for whose born no traveler returns puzzles the will and makes us rather bear those ills we have than fly to others that we know not of. Thus, conscious does make cowards of us all, and thus the native hue of resolution is sickled o'er with the pale cast of thought and enterprises of great pitch and moment. With this regard, their currents turn awry and lose the name of action. Soft you know, the fair Ophelia nymph, in all thy horizons, by thou all my sins remembered. So there you have a really uh, raw, authentic reading of To Be or Not To Be. And please, all my Shakespearean actors out there, uh, acknowledge that that comes from my heart. Uh, So the question for you, uh, really, if you have the time to sit with that over and over, I've been sitting with it for a long time in this lifetime, and you have the opportunity in every moment to create something different if you so do choose even though right now you can look out in any direction and see chaos, know that when we bring it inward, we can call on uh, that highest self to assist us in our dreaming attention, in our imagination, and our engagement with our perceived reality. 
So if you're so inspired and you want to share some dreams, please feel free to reach out with me. I'm happy to work with people one-on-one uh, to assist them in clearing and refining their awareness, both in the waking and sleeping state. Love to have some dreams to share on these segments. And as mentioned, in the upcoming weeks, we will be having live shows, so you can call in if you so do choose. Until that point in space, we're going to sign out with one more Swedish chant. May you connect to the stars in the next and listen to the songs that they whisper from their brilliant electric charges and their communication and adoration for your perceptions and your existence. Until next time, this is she signing out with a deep bow, a soft gaze, a full smile, and a namaste. Be simply. There.